0: Yeah, it's the DTC podcast, people. The real McCoy. Original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on Dynasty trading and player value. Hosted by John Paul Hurley and Izzy Alkafas.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the DTC podcast. I am your host, JP Hurley, John Paul Hurley. Joining me is Izzy, the Pharaoh Fantasy Alkafas. Izzy, how's it going, man? We're uh, week three, really kind of chugging right along.
0: Yeah, it's uh, every every week that passes, it gets sadder and sadder. Yeah. Well, I get, w- let me ask you a question. What's your favorite time of the year for Dynasty? Is it season starting? Is it playoff? Is it off season? Like after the NFL draft? Is it the combine time? Like the the draft prep?
1: Yeah, NFL draft and Dynasty rookie draft. That's pretty easy.
0: Th- that's your favorite time. Yep.
1: That's my favorite point of the dynasty season.
0: Okay, that's probably honestly I I love the anticipation of the season starting. That might be that might be my favorite part over draft season. I, I love draft season. Don't get me wrong, but like everything that we do, you know, the culmination of all of that leads to what we find out week one. So, like that week one is my favorite part. You know, we always take a trip you know, somewhere as a website together. We get to see the first week together. Just all the things that we've tried to establish with our Dynasty rosters, we get to see how that looks week one. So I'd say it's probably my favorite time of the year. Just the beginning part of the season.
1: Okay. We got a couple of really fun topics this week, actually. We came up with two sub-segments. One's, the first segments is going to be called Fakers or Title Makers. We're going to go through a slew of uh, players, 2 Two at each position minus tight ends. And we're going to talk about if these guys, they're, they're currently on a hot streak, are they faking it or are they going to help you make it to a title, to a championship round? And then the other sub segments are uh, going to be panic or patience. Two P's there, PP. <laughs> and these are guys that are struggling and whether or not it's time to press the panic button or whether or not you should have some patience around them. So I think this is going to be fun.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it. Let's do it.
1: All right, so we're gonna start off with panicker patience. That'd be more fun, right? So we can end on a high note like we always do. We 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 all, we're like the masters at that.
0: Okay, let's high note it for sure. Wee.
1: That was a that was a high E, I think.
0: That Was you trying to hit high note? Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when we end the podcast, I'll end it on a high note like that. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. First one, panicker patience. The first guy we got up in the quarterback pool is. Someone we've talked about a lot on the show in the last few weeks, Justin Fields. This one's painful for me to bring up because I do have some fearless forecasts surrounding Justin Fields, and I'm probably gonna exercise some patience. But man, it doesn't feel good.
0: So first guy, Justin Fields. I was gonna say, yeah, you were on the Twitter Sphere. I think was it Twitter Sphere? Yeah. yeah, we were in our um, kind of like our DTC chat with um. Some members, and you were definitely beating the drum on being patient on Justin Fields Now, this was before this week. another week gone by. How do you feel
1: uh i don't feel great I don't feel great about it, but like oftentimes these are the ones that will pay off you know um I don't think that there's going to be anybody that's full panic selling for you know pennies in the dollar, but Man, and it's funny too because I don't I don't really have any shares of him, but I'm really I'm at a point now where I'm considering going out to grab some.
0: Yeah, this is a yeah great great point. So his value has likely taken a pretty big tumble in a lot of your leagues, right? Obviously, there's a big market that is the overall market where we get values from, but then in every league there's sub markets, so. That's where you start seeing crazy trades that happen. Like, how does that get done? How come I can't get that deal done in my league? So in your sub markets, do you think Justin Fields now becomes attainable? And if so, what would you be comfortable giving up for Justin Fields?
1: Man, he really, he really should be much more attainable. He's kind of like definitely on the down slope. And after, after this week, you know, three weeks, it's a little bit less fluky, a little bit less flash in the panty. Um, panties, flash mm. in the pan ease.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it.
1: So I'd be looking to acquire him in 12 team superflex leagues for maybe a, I don't think you're going to get out of it without some sort of first, obviously, but you know, it might not hurt to throw out some, you know, mid to late first trades to see what your league mates are feeling, you know? So I don't think a late first gets it done. Yeah, but I think I'd start there. I don't think I'd want to, I'd want to come to the table with like an earlier mid first right off the bat.
0: What's the what's the highest price point you'd be willing to go?
1: Uh, man. Maybe like a mid first and a mid second together.
0: Okay. I'll give you a list of quarterbacks. You tell me which ones you'd rather have Justin Fields over. Kay? Okay. Okay. Um, I'll start with uh I'll start with a softball. Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak. You'd rather have Dak than Fields? Yeah. Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with Watson. I'd, I'd rather have Watson. And, and actually, I like Watson over Dak at
0: this point. Okay. Watson over Dak. Dak, or, so both those guys over Fields. Jordan Love. I'd
1: take the chance on Fields.
0: You would? Right. And we'll touch on Jordan Love here in a little bit. Um, yeah. Tua. Tua, yeah, easily. That's really easy. Okay. Bryce Young. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'd probably go Fields. Okay, and then I'll do. It. What about Kyler? Oh man,
1: yeah. Kind of, you kind of forget about him, don't you?
0: You do. Yeah, I'll take Fields over Kyler. Okay. So you're probably lower on him than than you think because he's outside of your top twelve. Yeah. Yep. So he comes in for you right around. 14 which is probably after this week I'm guessing that's pretty close to Market 14 or 15 um, Here's the deal like, This is definitely panic On Justin Fields That being said We just saw The Dolphins Absolutely destroy the Broncos This week And obviously the Bears Are not the Dolphins But it does Give you hope because if you hang on to to Justin Fields, he just went through Tampa, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and KC, which not the easiest start to the schedule. But then he has Denver, Washington, Minnesota, Las Vegas, and the Chargers, which four out of those five games are bottom ten pass defenses. So there is, I guess, past you should say defenses in general, because it's not like he's passing the ball, but. You could, even though I think this is a panic, I I just hate panicking and then underselling a player. I feel like you just have to hang on to Justin Fields and hope that he does what he did last year and then just turn up in the second half of the the season. Yeah, that's the hope. So I'd probably give up... Man, I don't know. I, I don't mind... Trying to do... I think you could do a Fields Plus for Jordan Love if you want to acquire a Fields. I'd, at this point, I'd be looking to try to do this Plus to get Justin Fields. That, to me, makes more sense. Trying to get like a, a Kirk or a Goff or probably not Russell Wilson. You'll probably have to give up a lot more. But a Kirk Cousins, a Jared Goff, mainly because... Kirk Cousins is balling. I I totally get that. I think he's second or third in scoring so far in the season. But long term, I feel like you got to gamble on a Justin Fields over a soon to be, I think Kirk Cousins is 35. So you don't have much time for Kirk to be Kirk. And and if you would have a month ago, if you would have said that, hey, it's conceivable that you'd be able to get Kirk plus something reasonable. If you can get fields for Kirk plus something reasonable, I think you'd jump all over that. And I, I feel like you should – the, the smart money is you gamble on fields. Worst case scenario with fields is that because of how dynamic he is on the ground, if it doesn't work out with the Bears, you have an opportunity with another team. Yeah. So that'd probably be my target. Take advantage of Kirk Cousins being at a 1,009 touchdowns starts a season through three weeks, which is just crazy good pace. But we're a law of averages podcast, right? So (laughs) if you think about it, a guy like Kirk Cousins, how many yards does he have in him over the course of a season? Has he kind of blown his load through the first three weeks with averaging three touchdowns and over 300 yards? Like it's unsustainable for him to do that. And if he keeps doing that, he's gonna shatter some records. Well, I mean, with it's not
1: out of the realm of possibility with how poorly their defense is playing. I'm just gonna put that this is one of those like perfect storm type of situations, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. What would the plus be? What do you think the plus would be with Kirk Cousins in an average league for Justin Fields? Um,
1: in picks specifically,
0: probably. Yeah, let's do picks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, probably like a. Fields for Cousins and uh, Man like you could probably Start with like a late first and then move Over into a
0: saunter your way Over into like an early second kind of thing I don't think so because if, if, you, if you could conceivably Get fields for a mid First potentially in some leagues Kirk isn't a, An upgrade from a late first to a Mid first I think Kirk on his own is Worth a mid to late first Right, Worst case scenario, let's say he's worth a late first Which I think most people that have Kirk Are going to require more than a late first to give him up Right, in a deal So if Kirk is worth A late first and you're willing to give up A, a late first on top of Kirk That means to you, Fields is worth Too late first He probably
1: is, I bet he probably is I'm not willing to pay that But that's probably, that's probably what he's worth
0: Too late first? I don't know
1: Yeah I would say that's probably pretty accurate. I think before these last couple of weeks, he was probably more like uh, an early first and then some, you know, like a, probably like an early first and an early second or early first and a late first. So I think he's gone down to like, I think there's enough insulation there, you know, a couple of mids.
0: I don't think, I think, I think that's, I think that's too much. Like if I, wow. ha- if I have, if I have Justin Fields, and I, I do have Justin Fields in the league. If somebody came and offered me two mid-firsts for Justin Fields, I would take that
1: Yeah,
0: um, relatively quickly. And I, and I get I'm selling on kind of a, a little decline in value. Um, but Would you take a mid and a late? No. What I would try to do is take Fields and then add something to it to, to try to upgrade. So his midpoint might actually be a mid and a late then? I think reasonably at this point through three weeks, yes. I think for for the average the the requirement the average requirement would probably be you'd have to give up I think two late firsts. Anything with two firsts in it gets Justin Fields. So what's
1: cousins worth in picks then? Because I gotta feel like he's worth like a mid first. So if you're getting if you're giving Fields to get cousins in a late first, that seems pretty fair.
0: I'll try cousins in a second. If I'm a cousins owner, okay, and 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 it's difficult because you're looking at it saying, well, I can win a championship, and it's yeah, sure, you're taking that that risk. There's definitely a lot of risk with this trade, but it's a calculated one. So if you can get Kirk, you can get fields for Kirk in a second, which was inconceivable a month ago, I think I think you got to pull the trigger on that and just gamble on Justin Fields either. Getting better, I think. I don't think Justin Fields is a very good quarterback, right? But I, I think he's a great fantasy, a potential great fantasy quarterback. And I'm gambling on the idea that if he goes somewhere with structure, they could take advantage of his skill set and make him work. I just don't think the Bears are able to do that right now.
1: I do like the the idea that he plays. Um, he's got a pretty pretty good. A favorable schedule. I won't call it good. I'll just call it favorable schedule coming up. Right. Uh, Broncos, who are 18th against the pass. Commanders, 13th. And then the Vikings are, again, uh, a junior high defensive football squad on the defensive Mm -hmm. side of the ball. 26th against the pass. Raiders, 22nd against the pass. Chargers, 31st against the pass. Then he hits a pretty tough stretch. But I, I do like the idea of maybe... And again, this is another one of those ones where if you... If you don't feel great about keeping him after you've acquired him, you can always wait for a couple of big games and maybe he restores most of that value that he's lost to start the season. And you can flip him again and move move your. Who was the player that we were talking about that strategy with earlier this season? Uh, Swift, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I loved I loved the buy for Swift going into the the Vikings game. The, it was last week Thursday's game. Mm-hmm. and and you're you're like out on swift and i get it uh that that was totally cool but i was like the best strategy would be to acquire him now for what he's currently worth let him go off against the vikings and then flip him if you don't feel good about it if you feel good about keeping him then keep him but like you you have options you know and i and I, I loved that strategy mm-hmm. and i think you could do something similar with fields here now with where he's
0: currently at if you want to do a little bit of day trading yeah, and I, I don't love the – I mean, I don't mind the idea of day trading with Fields, like with the Swift thing. I don't like the idea of selling him low, and I agree with you. Just hang on to him because Kenneth Canwells is hurt. Hang on to him and then try to flip him after the Vikings game, um, yeah. and that makes total sense. I don't like the idea of buying Swift because the market for Swift isn't that hot. But with Fields, if he does have a big game, the market definitely becomes hot or hotter. Yeah. so. Um I don't don't know if day trading makes a whole lot of sense but I don't hate it either. I'd much prefer just if you have a share of Fields I would probably even though I'm panicked the schedule is favorable and just hang on to him and just pray that he puts something together in the next 4 to 5 weeks. Okay so wrapping up
1: Fields uh you pressed the panic button I'm pressing the patience button. Um, You expect some, some maybe some peaks coming up, but you're, um, a- as a whole, you're kind of panicked.
0: Yeah, I think five weeks from today, I will likely be preaching to get out from underfields, r- really no matter what. If he goes crazy, I would tell you to get out from underfields. And if he struggles at that point, I would tell you to also get out from underfields. Yeah. Like, I just don't see a scenario after five weeks where I'm like, well, yeah, maybe you should hang on to him.
1: Yeah. By the way, wrapping up fields, I I did find that tweet that you mentioned earlier in the segment, earlier in the talk about Justin Fields, and here it was. It was uh, I'm no professional in this field, but right now I'd be playing the field and see if your league mates are fielding offers for Justin Fields. Mm. He hasn't had a great start to the season on the field.
0: Mm. He has not. Accurate. I think all of that was accurate. Lot of fields.
1: So. Okay. Um. Okay. So next <laughs> one up on panic or patience is. It is our second uh, of two quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett, are you panicking or are you patiencing?
0: Um I am reluctantly patient on Kenny Pickett. Mm, yeah. It's kind of like how so, I'm with Fields. And, and the reason why is they need to give him a chance, like with a decent offensive line. What I like about Kenny Pickett is he's mobile. So if given the opportunity, he can get yardage on the ground but just like any really good quarterback or any decent quarterback you need to protect Kenny Pickett and you watch the Steelers game that line I mean can't they can't block for the running backs they struggle to block for the quarterback I'm I'm patient on Kenny Pickett he doesn't look great but m- much like a lot of quarterbacks that are not elite they need a solid offensive line. To help them, like, but look at just like even a scheme that's better. I think Tua is the perfect example of this, where before, if you looked at his before Mike McDaniel and after Mike McDaniel, it's a completely different player. So Tua does not transcend an offense, right? But Mike McDaniel does. Yeah, and Tua is the beneficiary of that. And I'm not saying that you need somebody like that for Kenny Pickett, but you need some somebody better than. Matt Canada, uh, and you need a better offensive line. One of the two needs to improve. So, I think I'd be patient on Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think he's got the ability to, to to play quarterback at the NFL level at the starting level. I don't know if he has that, you know, high end QB one upside, but I think with the right environment, he could be a high QB two. Yeah, I can
1: see that. I'm gonna. I'm going to also corroborate and say I'm pressing the patience button on Kenny Pickett. And my strategy, again, is kind of like a week-to-week type of thing. Maybe I'm just like really wishy-washy with how I feel about players. But Kenny Pickett, we've talked about this earlier in the season also, but Deontay Johnson going down definitely didn't help his chances. Um, Deontay going on IR out at least four games. I'm hoping that he comes back at some point like week, uh, maybe like after the bye, I'm guessing. Uh, They have a week six bye. So after the week six bye, Kenny Pickett faces, uh, in week eight, the 26th ranked Jaguars, the 25th ranked Titans against the pass. So that's going to be the time that I'm kind of like targeting Kenny Pickett to maybe have a little bit of a breakout party in the season, if it's going to happen at all. So same type of thing, exercise patience. If he's on your team, wait for him to, you know, have a couple of big games with Deontay Johnson, get a better feel with some more data points on that. So I I think he's going to be okay. He's just kind of hitting like the Browns like the 49ers and Browns and like those are some tough defenses man like I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock into that.
0: Yeah, and we're recording this Sunday night just due to scheduling. We usually try to record on Mondays, but we're recording Sunday night um and against the against the Raiders, he's he looks better, but it's still not what you want out of Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah, six for twelve for one eighteen and a touch midway through the second, almost well nearing the end of the second quarter here.
0: Yeah, and one of those, I mean, one of those attempts was a seventy-plus yard pass to Calvin Austin. So Calvin Austin three, yep. In which you can't. I, I'm not a big fan of taking those things away from players. Like he made it. I mean, he threw a good pass and it led to a touchdown. Um, a lot yep. of quarterbacks in that same situation would underthrow it. And then, you know, Calvin Austin got tackled after making the catch. So there is some silver lining there to Kenny Pickett in week three, despite his other 11 attempts not being as, as high end. But I, I'd probably try with, with him. My ideal trade attempt would be something to do with a Geno Smith, a Russell Wilson, or a Derek Carr, or even a Matt Stafford. Like, I would try to gamble. Like, when you look at Geno, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, all of those players maybe have one more year of low end QB1 if everything falls right. Most likely, we're talking about high end QB2 is what you're looking for out of those players. And I think you could get Kenny Pickett plus. For all four of those guys, barring what happens the rest of this game. Yeah. But that would, pro- that would be my ideal target. If it bombs and Kenny Pickett does nothing the rest of his career, you lose out on a quarterback that is towards the end of their careers with low annual upside.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Who's next? Up next, switching positions, starting with our first of two running backs. Panic or patience, Javante Williams. He's off to a little bit of a slow start, garnering 9.7 points, 7.8, and 8.5 in the first three games of the regular season, and kind of hovering around that 15 touch mark per game. Not a horrible workload, but not extremely efficient. So are you panicking or patiencing with Javante Williams?
0: You know, it, it's it's hard. Um we we have to I, I'm gonna be patient, mainly because He's coming off of this this injury, and as we've seen, the first year back from an ACL injury for most players is a little you can consider a redshirt, right? Just kind of knocking the rust off, and then going into that second year is when things come back for a player. Yep. So I'm willing to be patient. Uh, I and I and I like his. His usage, he's catching a couple balls a game. He's averaging double-digit carries, so the volume is there. He just needs some good fortune with touchdowns, which he's been shut out so far. And I think he's actually a decent buy right now, all things considered.
1: The workload that he's getting, 11 carries in a game where you're blown out. Was it 70-20 to or something like that? It wasn't good. Uh, What was the score of that game? Here it is. 70 to 20. They lost by 50 points. Yeah. They lost by most most combined games uh like over underline.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So it's funny. So if you uh, <laughs> I was texting with Helmy, our, our good friend, and he was saying that this has to be the biggest difference in, in expected spread of all time. Like if you would have taken the Broncos plus 49 and a half you still lose the bet.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> which is That's crazy man.
0: Yeah.
1: And we'll talk more about them in the uh, the other sub segment but man that's uh that's a that's a wild game right there. But again, the, I I found that to be pretty promising that the Broncos even in the face of negative like these the most severe negative game script you could possibly have, they were still feeding the ball to Javante Williams. You know, like that's that makes you feel pretty good about his volume as a as an owner. And I agree with you. I'm going to corroborate and say that I would hit the patience button on Javante Williams and just kind of hope that they put it together. He breaks a run and then most of anything that he lost will, will be pretty easily um, gained back. He's got enough insulation with that injury and his age where I'm not overly concerned about it. He just uh,
0: he'll be there. Yeah. And I think. You could get a Kyron Williams for Javante Williams deal done, and I would I would take the gamble on that. It might be foolish, but it's a it's a calculated risk that I would be comfortable taking. I think you can get it done in a lot of leagues right now just based on the trajectory of both of those players. And then you just gotta hope that Javante Williams continues his workload. Yeah. You know, even at a fifty percent, he's getting about fifty percent of the carry or the snaps in that in that offense, but he's getting, you know, twelve to fifteen touches a week. You just start you need the the live averages to to come to fruition on the touchdown side of things. Like he hopefully he doesn't get shut out the whole season. So those touchdowns will present themselves the rest of the way. So now whatever touchdown let's say Javante Williams the stars are going to align, and he's going to have eight touchdowns. You know that those eight touchdowns are going to come now in 14 weeks instead of 17, right? And you and I have always kind of talked about that as being a big part of our in-season trading and just kind of our in-season outlook. A guy starts out hot and goes absolutely bonkers. Yeah, they could have an Austin Eckler type or an Aaron Jones type season, but odds are players that have those big weeks with a lot of touchdowns they're not going to end the season continually just getting a, a crap load of touchdowns. You know most certain A chain are a good example of that, like they have four touchdowns in a week. Are they going to have twenty touchdowns at the end of the season each? No, odds are they're probably going to be around ten, so they've gotten forty percent of their touchdown production in one week so that's how I look at it um. But I don't know if you have any differing opinion on that. I think nope. I think we're on the same page with that.
1: Yep. Same page. Um, we do have... We're about halfway through our p- panic or patience list. We should probably go rapid fire for these last three names. Um, sure. So we have enough time for the fakers and title makers section. Um, so I'm going to go pretty quickly here and maybe give like one or two sentences on each of these players uh, and why you're choosing panic or patience. The first one up is the second of our two running backs, Najee Harris. Uh, Also, another slow starter here, and it's looking like it's more of a um, kind of like you said, an offensive line thing or a a whole unit type of thing happening. And Najee Harris is uh, having a brutal start here. Are you panicking with Najee or are you patienceing?
0: No. I mean, here's the thing Najee, I think everybody's panicked on Najee. I I only have one Najee's chair, and. I wish I didn't have it. A lot of guys I, I, I tend to just have one share of just in case. And I wasn't very excited about Najee coming in the season. The offensive line stinks. Jalen Warren looks better than Najee Harris. This is reminding me very much of the Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott that started a couple of years ago. Like Tony Pollard looked better than Zeke Elliott. You know, you and I said it over and over again on the podcast. This is the same situation here. You have the high draft capital versus low draft capital, but they keep feeding the guy with the the high draft capital for a variety of different reasons, but the lower draft capital player is better on the field. So this was supposed to be the week playing the Raiders that Najee was going to be able to get some sort of value gained. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case unless he has a big second half. I don't know what you could trade Najee Harris for, though. Like, what are you going to get a, a mid second? And no, that might be low. no. You're not going to get a first. Zero percent chance you're getting a first in any of your leagues. Period. Hmm. And a team that's a team that's zero and three or or one and two is not giving up an early second form. They're not going to give up a second form. So your best case scenario, I think, right now, is getting a second round pick. For Najee Harris I I have a little bit Slightly
1: different take uh, we, we can keep this one pretty light too But Najee Harris And again just as a reminder There's uh, two minutes ish left In the first half of the current game The Najee Harris game that's going on right now So we we are recording this Not knowing what the Result's going to be But um, and, I, and I realize That he's sharing the workload a lot But he's currently playing against The 32nd ranked run defense in the league this week. So I'm hoping that at some point in the second half he's going to get some work and he'll pop off a reasonably good game, maybe a close to 100 yards and a touchdown, something like that. And then you can probably, you know, the the value hopefully drives up a little bit. If it doesn't, if you can't quite get something that you feel comfortable with for him, he goes against the 25th ranked run defense in the um in the Texans and I think that, you know, Between those two games and some a little bit easier, you know, more Swiss cheese opportunities for him and, you know, not such a hard workload for the offensive line and a good performance or two might get you in that back in that late, late first conversation
0: again. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because his efficiency in the first two weeks on the ground wasn't that bad. No, yeah, like 4.3 per rip. but he's getting six and ten attempts. He's got nine attempts already in the first half but he's averaging 2.4 yards per carry. The biggest concern and this is Najee Harris his value catapulted because Big Ben in Najee, you know, when Big Ben was in his final season just littered Najee Harris with with receptions there he's and tar- slanging. targets and receptions. And Kenny Pickett is not doing that. I mean, he has 3 receptions on the season for a total of 2 yards and he has five targets. I well, guess six targets now because he's got a target in this game. So he's got six targets. He, that, ne- that number needs to triple.
1: Yeah. Penny Kickett needs to kick, kick, it, kick it in high gear here.
0: And I'm surprised they're not using him more in checkdowns and just to alleviate some of that pressure. But, man, it's, it's not smooth sailing. It's total panic for Najee Harris. I think you're looking at a, a dying asset here Yeah, in Dynasty.
1: Najee, uh, Naji, not going to work here anymore.
0: No, yeah, Naga, Naji. So, and I, I don't love trading Najee for a, a second, but that may be what you have to do.
1: I'd rather just, I'd rather keep him for a second. Like if if I'm a Najee owner, um, I don't get too excited about a second round pick for a guy who um, has shown that he has the potential to be something greater, you know, something's going on and he's off right now, but I, I'm not going to, yeah, I won't move him for a second.
0: I think your best bet is to try to trade him for like a, a Tajay Spears or a.
1: Yeah. Someone's on, somebody's coming up. Yeah. Or like the, yeah. Devin a chain before this week.
0: Um, like even, even gambling on Kendre Miller, like just saying, Hey, yeah. You know, he's a rookie running back. Let's just gamble like on him. Um, and then, which is second round value, but it's more likely to get done. And then you have a better chance of, Recouping that value short term than just having a second and stowing it for later. yeah agreed.
1: All right, the first of our two wide receivers in panic or patience is Traylon Burks. A really rough start again. Like these, I'm glad we're doing this segment first because this is just a depressing discussion. You know, like Traylon Burks is uh is looking kind of awful. Like I don't know if it's mu- uh, as much to do with him as it is just like the offense and Ryan Tannehill, but. Not a great start, not what you wanted from a Traylon Burks like going into the season. Um, We knew that DeAndre Hopkins coming in was going to steal a little bit of that target share, but man, Traylon Burks doesn't look good. Are you panicking or are you patienceing?
0: I I believe in the, the talent with Traylon Burks. DeAndre Hopkins there just eating most of the workload. I mean, he's got, DeAndre Hopkins has 25 targets. Through the first three weeks, Burks has thirteen, and, and Burks has thirteen. So basically, he's he's a two to one right now. On that, and he's not efficient and with him either. Like he's he's gotten this was his highest target
1: output for the season. Week three was against the Browns. He had six targets, but he only caught one of them for five yards. That's so painful.
0: Yeah, and and Tannehill isn't isn't doing this team any favors. The issue is whoever comes in for Tannehill, if, if he does get replaced, is not good for the pass catchers either. And that's Will Levis. I think Malik Willis gets the first crack at it. Um, I, I want to be patient with Traylon Burks because I, I believe in Traylon Burks. I would be looking to a, acquire Traylon Burks. And I would be trying to do it with an aging receiver that, like, I would try to be doing it with, like, a Tyler Lockett. If I can get Traylon Burks for a Tyler Lockett in some sort of deal, even if I had to add a little bit to Tyler Lockett, that'd be I'd be happy with that. That's a good yeah. gamble. Lock it in. Mm-hmm. Even Hopkins plus, if you can get if you can get Burks for Hopkins plus a little bit, something small, great. I would do that, and yeah. that's the best way to take an aging roster and turn into a young. Fresh roster and just hope that Traylon Burks pans out and if he doesn't The only thing you missed out on is You know DeAndre Hopkins you know wide Receiver two production maybe for the next Year and a half
1: yeah in like a second Or something Yep. yeah Next one uh, our second Of two wide receivers uh, Drake London Similar to Traylon Burks except for he kind of had a, a A good game In week two so there's a little bit Slightly different scenario here but Started off the season with one target, zero catches, forgot to play. I think he forgot his shoulder pads or something. So they only targeted him once. He didn't catch it. And then week two against the Packers, 18.7 fantasy points, six catches, 67 yards, a touchdown on eight targets. That was, uh, things were looking much better. And they kind of backed down to the same abysmal, disappointing performances against the Lions this week. Six targets, two catches, 31 yards. Not what you want from Drake London in his, uh, his second year here
0: hmm I, I think the same the same concept with Traylon Burks. I I believe in the in the talent with Drake London. I think he's a fine young player. He's twenty two years old. If they win enough games and Ritter comes back next year and it's the same Ritter we have now, it's gonna be a painful couple years. But I would be taking the chance on a Drake London and I would be trying to move an Amari Cooper for him. If you can get once again the same thing, if you can get a little bit higher, if you can move an Amari Cooper for him, take advantage of a thirty one year old Keenan Allen going crazy. If you can move Keenan Allen and and then receive Drake London back in the deal, I would be happy with that. And in if you're contending it's more challenging because Keenan Allen is going to help. I mean the guy had eighteen receptions for two hundred and fifteen yards today. So it's really hard to give that up. And I wouldn't blame you if you didn't want to, and just say, hey, I'm rolling with Keenan Allen another season and I can get Drake London in the off season for cheap as well. I think that's okay too. You do have a long runway here to acquire Drake London. So I'm not saying you have to do that now. I don't think even Traylon Burks, I don't think either of them are going to have a in season renaissance, but they should be a target for you if you can find a seller. In your league that wants to get out from under him now, I would be I would be trying to trying to do that. Marquise yeah. Brown, if I could if I could trade Marquise Brown for Drake London, I would do that. Yeah, I agree. Trust
1: the talent. Hope that he figures it out. And it's more you know th- this might be a case where it's more to do with Desmond Ritter than it is um, Drake London. You know,
0: mm-hmm. Mike Evans. Another thing, if you can get Drake London a deal for Mike Evans, great. Nice. Uh, okay, that was the panic or patience sub-segment. Now, we got another full segment here,
1: but we're a little bit tight in time, so we're going to keep it in this uh, fast-fire type of uh, offense here. Um, first one, first one of two quarterbacks in fakers or title-makers, so the same type of thing. you got to let me know if he's a faker or if he's somebody that's going to make your title.
0: The first one is CJ Stroud. What do you think? Man, I, that, dude, that dude is legit. I, I try not to be biased. Like I, I didn't have Stroud as my my Q my personal QB1. Um I felt like he was safer than Anthony Richardson. I think he has a lower much lower ceiling than Anthony Richardson, but um I like the safety of that position a little bit. And and i I did take Anthony Richardson. If I was drafting, I'm taking Anthony Richardson ahead of him just based on the upside and the value. But if I were to make the decision now and we talked a little bit about this last time it's it's very hard for me I I'd, I'd still probably take Anthony Richardson because of the upside um there and he looked pretty good before he got hurt but CJ Stroud is a very good quarterback very good quarterback and he's supporting now now you have a rookie quarterback supporting two top 16 receivers <laughs> It's pretty pretty impressive I you should be trying to acquire acquire CJ Stroud in Dynasty. Um, I don't know what what his ceiling is because he's not giving us enough on the ground to really determine. Yes, he can scramble, but we don't know what his upside is. Scrambling is he going to fall into the line of more of a you know uh, a Herbert type scrambler, uh, or is he going to give you Trevor Lawrence type scrambling? probably more of more of a pure pocket passer where Herbert's gonna take advantage of a few opportunities. But I I think we're looking at a top ten dynasty quarterback pretty easily here. Wow, so you're gonna be out to
1: acquire what is
0: what's it gonna take? A lot. you know, if I could if I could put pay Deshaun Watson plus something small to acquire CJ Stroud, I would try it. Um Fields for C.J. Stroud in some deal, I would try it. Dak Prescott plus something for C.J. Stroud, I would try it. Jordan Love, if I can get Jordan Love straight up for C.J. Stroud, I'm doing that all day long. Um, Bryce Young plus to acquire him, yes. I I think it's Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, Tua, and C.J. Stroud. I think that's wow. your top yeah. 10. And, and I'm not saying that that's the exact order, but that's your top 10. And I think you have the Fields and the Deshauns, Dak, Kyler Murray, Jordan Love, in, in no particular order after that. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get him. I'm trying to get him with that next tier down, which is Watson, Prescott, Love, Bryce Young, um, Justin Fields. There you if go. I can get him in a deal with those guys, I, I would.
1: Speaking of Jordan Love, you brought him up briefly. He's the second of our two quarterbacks and the fakers are title makers. Jordan Love, kind of a hot start. I think this week is a little bit less uh good, right? A little bit less good than the first two weeks. Less like less he just good. didn't quite look like he still like he had that same magic, but um he's still in the fakers or title makers. Is he a faker or is he gonna
0: make your title? Um I, think, tough I think He's more on the faker. It it is tough because his numbers are good, and I've had I've been able to watch glimpses of the Packers. He he has some really bad throws and bad decisions, but he's salvaging them with with decent production. Like today, he salvaged it by by scoring on the ground, right? By having yeah, you know, basically forty yards and a touchdown. So you get you ten points on the ground, which. Hasn't happened the first two weeks where he's not really producing on the ground, so it's nice to see him being able to do that. Yeah, but his passing was yeah twenty,
1: twenty two of forty four, fifty percent completion, had a pick and just one touchdown, two hundred fifty nine passing yards. And on the season, he's fifty one of ninety six, so not the most efficient pass uh of, of a passing start to begin the season. He's had a uh, a nice slew of touchdowns, uh, three in each of his first two starts, and then. One passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. Like we said, so we've had he's had multiple touchdowns in each of his first three games, um, but I know we never put a ton of stock into passing touchdowns because that's a little bit more situational. You know? Yeah, it's, a, it's
0: a, yeah, it's just a variable that I mean, three touchdowns on 150 yards is just not something that I, I you're going to get every week, right? So he's the one player that if if I could turn Jordan Love into a top 10 quarterback, I'm doing that immediately. I, I just don't I just don't see him being. Well, I don't want to say I don't see him being. I can see him being that, but as it stands right now, I think he's far riskier than people are making it see him in Dynasty. His value has definitely risen, um, like the Easter bunny. Um <laughs> but I, I just I think this is more on the faker side. I, I view him outside of that top 10 and I would be using him to catapult into that top 10.
1: Yeah, I agree. Definitely some worrisome passing performance and that's not, not what you want. I, I wonder if that will change when Christian Watson comes back, but um, it's hard to think that you know one player could make that big of an impact, but possible.
0: Yeah, and I, I think he's probably a, a fine quarterback. I just don't know I don't know if he's a QB1, right? I don't think if if I were to be betting moving forward, I I would bet against Jordan Love being a QB1 in fantasy. Sounds like a safe bet. Could be I mean I just I'm fading it. I'm fading it, but he definitely is a QB1 right now in dynasty.
1: All right, moving on to the next portion here, and we're going to have to be really rapid-fire on these guys because we're coming uh, really short on time. I'm going to pull these two together so you can talk about it at the same time and let me know if it's uh, Faker or Title Maker. The Miami Dolphins running backs. Just an absolutely disgustingly absurd fantasy football game (laughs) from these guys. It's like a, a video game. Just running all... I think Mostert had, like, four touchdowns. They both did. That's ridiculous. That's that's crazy. It's like somebody was They're literally playing the Madden game and put it on rookie and wanted to run the score up.
0: They had ninety six fancy points
1: combined. Yep, I think it's a record. Like you were saying earlier before the before the show started, gotta be. Yeah,
0: it's it's absurd.
1: That's absolutely ridiculous. So so start with Mostert and then go to uh, Devin A Chain uh, Faker or Title Maker. I, I think we've seen durability issues in Mostert's. Career and he is getting up there In age so like I'd probably cite that As my reason for faker but Man like this Miami Dolphin offense looks for real
0: Yeah dude I Mean Raheem Mostert is A ticking time bomb like I'm you know I have quite a bit Of a chain in Dynasty and, and I picked And I did that because Miami Dolphins haven't been able to keep Their running Backs healthy and then, even Wilson and mostert, prior to their time with Miami, they struggled to stay healthy, so if you can get a second round pick for he mostert you're you're doing that and and i I don't even think it's something I would flint. I would just take it and you gam- listen this is the gamble, like the gamble is yes, mostert is producing, and that offense is absurd, but we've seen mostert. Struggle with health every single season, and if you can turn this, these, this early season performance into a second, that's ideal. And the reason why you do that, it's not like okay, you're losing Raheem Mostert, but what you're doing is you're taking that second, and then you're stowing it, and then when the playoff, close to the playoffs come around, if Raheem Mostert's hurt, then great, you kind of win there, and you can use that second to acquire a player, a running back, that you think can help you in the playoffs. I would rather do that. It's kind of like almost putting Raheem Mostert's value into a piggy bank and then being able to acquire a running back later. Hell, you could probably even acquire Raheem Mostert later. If Mostert gets hurt, you could probably acquire him for a third in another league. And yeah. it, it's not, it's not going to be in that same league. I like buying players... If you can get a really good deal on a player in one league, I would try to acquire him for cheaper in another league, and all you've done is increase the, your total portfolio value, right? Your total equity in in dynasty, but at a cheaper rate overall. So, I think this is a stow. I think this is a perfect opportunity to to cash in and then stow that pick for you know ten weeks from now, when you could try to make a push in the playoffs and acquire a running back for a second or third. From a team that didn't make the playoffs,
1: I like it. Um, and uh, just a really quick selfish question before the week began: I'm, I'm on. a have got a contending team in an in- industry league, and I, I've recently lost Nick Chubb, and I'm down Saquon Barkley for uh, like a week-to-week injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I had pretty thick depth at running back. I don't know why I use the word thick, but I did. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking to it. Uh, I have thick depth at running back, and I'm still scoring a significant amount of points. But before the week began, the are you saying mo- sick?
0: Are you saying sick thick or thick? Thick, thick. But are you saying it with an with a l- lisp, or are you saying it like as in thick? It, I'm gonna yeah, as yeah in I'm gonna leave vision? it
1: open to interpretation. Yeah,
0: okay. I got thick depth.
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. Um All right. The so the he Mostert owner actually offered me uh Mostert for my 2025 second, so a couple years out and it's assumingly going to be a late second. And I'm like, "Hey, I'd do it for a third, but I'm not, you know, I'm not really desperate for a running back, despite the fact that I'm down a couple of my my studs, but maybe could have considered that. Uh, even though I I think
0: I scored the most points in the league and I still won. I don't think I don't think you should have I think that's I think you buy him for a third. If if Raheem Mostert he's 31 year old running back, that's that's oft injured. If you said that, yeah, Raheem Raheem Mostert's 31 and then you ended it there. But he's producing the way that that he is. I think a 2025 20, second is completely fine. But okay. you're talking about a guy that over the last Last year he played, you know, was his healthiest year. He played 16 games. The year before, he played one. The year before that, he played eight and then 16 and then 9, 11, three and then 11. Yeah, That's all of over course, the some place. Of those games were Some of those games w- weren't due to health or due to just being young and not, didn't have the opportunity. So he's inactive. But, it, you know, based on he's basically over the last three seasons, he's playing half of. The games And it's just for me it's It's a risk Not worth taking and Listen this Four touchdown game like we had Just talked about he's gonna do that every week If he does do that every week Then yeah I'd pay a first for him because he's Guaranteeing you a championship
1: I know that's the Opposite what are you gonna say (laughs) He'll never do it Again yeah cash Cash in man I mean Congrats, this is what you wanted If you're a Raheem Mostert owner This is what you wanted, now you move him and you cash out
0: He scored five touchdowns All of last season (laughs) He almost did in one game He has seven already Oh my god, it's insane
1: Insane A-chain Okay, moving on to the last Couple guys, I'm going to do them together Because they're on the same team Faker or Title maker the texans wide receivers Tink dell and nico collins
0: yeah this is uh this is definitely i think title maker you got Tink dell who's now playing 80 80 plus percent of the snaps it's pretty clearly like nico and Tink dell they're the future in that offense i i would not be surprised if houston tried to draft another receiver because robert woods is not young and i doubt they're going to bring him back next season just to have like a third receiver but that offense is pointing squarely up the division in general historically has not been a very strong division so if you can get an offense pieces of an offense that is going to play 6 games against relatively easy competition i mean that could change over time but you know you look at the colts and and their struggles up and down um, season by season. You look at the, the Titans, they're inconsistent defensively. Uh, and it's just, I would take the opportunity there to acquire some of these players in this offense. I think Nico Collins is is the cheaper of the two. Tank Dell, after this week, you're, you're probably going to have to pay a late first to acquire Tank Dell. I think that ship has sailed. But I, I feel that he is a title maker. I think Nico Collins, you can get, probably still for a late second, um, and I would I would jump on that opportunity right now. I would take the gamble on that, that he is the future in that offense with Tank Dell.
1: Yeah, don't look now, but Tank Dell is actually a wide receiver one of the season. Now, granted, Mike Evans hasn't played this week yet, and he's only a few points behind Tank Dell, so more, than like, more likely than not, Tank Dell will be the wide receiver 12 three weeks into the season, which is pretty impressive, and I got to say nico collins despite having a pretty tough performance in week three also the wide receiver 16 on the season so that's uh that's pretty impressive man
0: yeah and it's it's for me it's they're getting uh the the, so tank dell has basically well i'm not going to include week one because he didn't play as much but he's got 17 targets in the last two games and then um Nico Collins only had three targets, but he has 23 targets on the season. If you can get eight plus targets a week from your receivers, you're taking that all day. I mean, that's double digit fancy points every single week if you're getting eight per game. That's crazy. So I'm, 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 bite, I'm, biting, I'm taking a bite out of that apple, that forbidden fruit right there. And who would have thought after three weeks we're by we're all I'm all in on the Texans offense.
1: That's crazy. Now, we're we're going to wrap the show here, but I do want to ask you one last question here and it's surrounding Tank Dell. When's the last time that you saw a rookie quarterback being drafted, pound the table for another rookie wide receiver and that actually panning out. I don't know if I've ever seen that.
0: This 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 is a newer thing. I mean, you think back We've been playing Dynasty for a long, long time. I mean, this is probably your, we're well, close to your 20 years. Yep. And the first 15 of those years, you never heard anything like this, like just in general. Like we got very little information from players and insight. And this is a relatively new thing. So have we ever heard this in the past? Not that I can remember. I mean, Mahomes wanted Clyde Edwards Alaire and then he didn't pan out. I remember that one. I guess you said rookie to rookie. So I don't I think this is a first for rookie to rookie.
1: It's crazy, man. Pretty cool to see. I, it's a fun story. I bought into it in the offseason and I grabbed Tank Dell like in virtually every single rookie draft. He's probably one of the largest owned players I have. It's, it feels great. I, I
0: faded Tank Dell.
1: I thought it was worth worth the uh the like with what was left in the third round, you know, I thought it was worth the flyer just in case, you know, like and just in case doesn't always come true, but in this this uh, case, it did.
0: Yeah, I and and I you know I I try to be. Let me see how many shares. So I have one share, and I and I try to to get more diversity with my shares. Um, But I just didn't do it. I I ended up taking Josh Downs over Tank Dell in most of my leagues. Uh, Even there was a couple leagues where I took Keishon Booty ahead of Tank Dell. And the thought process for me was more trying to get it. If, If I could have gotten, if you would have told me two years, a year and a half ago that I'd be able to get Keishon Booty in the third round of rookie drafts, I would take that all day long. And he just needs to get on the field and produce for his value to, to to balloon up again. So I'm always looking for the path to quick equity or quicker equity. And Tank Dell being a smaller receiver with a rookie quarterback in a on a team that has struggled the last few seasons, I was like, okay, this might be, we might have to wait on Tank Dell. And I just, I thought, That it would take a lot longer than it has Stroud and Tank Dell Have beyond They're probably the most impressive Duo This season and it's not even close for me
1: Yep Um, and to recap this uh, I'm in six dynasties And I have him in five of my six So kind of bummed I didn't get him in the other one but What are you going to do? Uh, and that's it too. That's all we got this week. I, I hope you enjoyed the segments. Those are pretty fun for us to do. We might try this once again going forward. Maybe next week we might have to do some sort of like fearless forecast recap or something like that because we're kind of getting towards the uh, yeah. the one quarter point in the season. So it'd be kind of fun to revisit some of those uh, some of those earlier podcasts on the season. You guys, for thanks sure. so much for listening this week once again. Uh, you can follow the main handle on Twitter, at FF Dynasty Trades. You can find Izzy at DTC underscore Izzy E. You can find me at FF Hercules and the producer, Jonathan Mosier, at DTC underscore John Mosier. Thanks, you guys. Bye.